Hi friends, Eve Stipes here for the Grace Lace Podcast. Grab a cup of coffee and join Ruth Jo Simons and I for another conversation about everyday habits that will help facilitate spiritual growth in our lives. What caused you the greatest stress this week? Was it running late? Paying bills? Feeling like you haven't achieved all the things you should be achieving? Time, money, resources, and the gifts we've been given are all amazing tools, but unfortunately it's way too easy to waste them if we're not intentional. So join us today as we unpack what it means to be a steward and how to use what we've been given well. Before we begin, we want to say thank you to Nav Press, publisher of Donald Whitney's practical book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, for partnering with us for today's episode of the podcast. 1 Timothy 4.7 says, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And this is the theme of Whitney's book. He unpacks why we pursue the disciplines and then helps us apply them in practical ways. We're so grateful for the insight this book has provided for this season of the podcast, and we think you'll find it invaluable too. Visit navpress.org slash spiritual disciplines to learn more. Now, on to today's conversation. Okay, so Eve, today we're talking about the spiritual habit or discipline of stewardship. Let's start by talking about the word itself. What is stewardship? Yeah, it kind of sounds like an old-fashioned word, doesn't it? Like, what are we talking about? (laughs) Um, Well, the idea of a steward is a person who manages someone else's stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, Randy Alcorn has this fantastic description of what a steward is. I'm going to read it to you. He says, if God was the owner, I was the manager. I needed to adopt a steward's mentality toward the assets he had entrusted, not given to me. A steward manages assets for the owner's benefit. The steward carries no sense of entitlement to the assets he manages. It's his job to find out what the owner wants done with his assets, then carry out his will. So it's like this idea of... Mm, So good. Yeah, like we have things that God has entrusted to us. I love the distinction that Randy made, like entrusted to you, not even necessarily given, like we don't own the things God does, but he's given them to us to use um, for his benefit. Yeah. And so we're, we're in the series about how to incorporate habits and disciplines, disciplines naturally signifying that they're not going to come naturally and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a little challenging. And so this is one of those things we're talking about stewardship as a spiritual practice. What we mean is we're talking about using or managing things God has given us for his purposes, the things he's already given us. And so stewardship can incorporate a lot of different things and we're not going to get to everything. Like we can't talk about every possible thing that we could possibly steward in our lives, but God's given us things like time or resources and giftings. And we're just going to get to those three today, but it takes discipline to steward or to manage the things he's given us in time, resources, and giftings and to manage them well and to Mm. his glory. Right. Yeah. Like when we think about, you know, we called this episode using what you already have, because there's a lot of things that we probably kind of flippantly use or misuse and don't really think about being intentional with them or leveraging them in a way that really honors the Lord. So if we think about those three areas, time, resources, gifts, Ruth, I'm so curious, what do you think you're the best at stewarding 
what do you think is the hardest to steward out of those three areas? Mm-hmm. You go first, and then maybe I'll tell mine too. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay. Let's start with what I think I'm best at stewarding. Okay. I do think I've made it a practice to steward my giftings. And I won't yes, take this I will whole agree episode. With that. I won't take this whole episode to talk about it, but I've talked about it multiple times before um, in different places. But I think my entire journey, I mean, it doesn't have to do with age, but just that you know, I'm turning 47 this year and I've got six kids and I've not always done the work that I'm doing publicly. And so I've learned over the last two decades how to steward the giftings I have, whether it's in art or writing or teaching or creativity, I've learned to steward those things um, in whatever season I'm in, even if it's not public, even if I'm not making money or I just trying to manage and rightly give um, attention to what things God's given me to serve other people with. So I do feel like I've grown in that. I've learned how to do that. And even in this season, learning how to, I I talk all the time about it it being stewardship, not stardom. Like what I really want to um, be about is to take everything God's given me and use it to the max for his glory and not to pursue my own kingdom. So like that is on my mind all the time in part because I have to think about that all the time, right? That's like core to what I do every single day, stewardship yeah. of my things. But let's talk about what I'm not very good at. <laughs> oh my goodness. Out of, I mean, of all the things that I could steward, um, there are lots of things I'm not super good at. But of the three things we're talking about, time, resources, and giftings, I really think it's time. Um I mean, I, I think I get a lot done and this is not what that's about, right? So I'm a high capacity person who gets a lot of things done. So you could say, hey, when I look at Ruth's life, she seems like she gets a lot of things done. But I do feel like I, in my heart of hearts, I struggle knowing that I've squandered time by worrying and not praying about it. Or I've squandered time um, scrolling on my phone and building up a narrative about how I should be, you know, the big should be doing more or better, or gosh, I'm not strategic enough about something when really I could have stewarded my time to do what God's already given me to do rather than worry about what I'm not doing. Right. Is that too honest? I mean, so, so I think, you know, in this whole series, We've so far talked about different aspects, and by before the end of this entire series, we're going to talk about things like prayer and meditating on God's word and serving others. And there's multiple aspects of um, spiritual discipline that requires a stewardship of time. You simply can't have spiritual disciplines involved in your life if you're just kind of hoping to find a moment for it. You have to be intentional. I think you're the one who said in another episode that we have to intentionally choose something like that. And time is one of those things that I can easily squander and not manage well, because it's not like God's given you 36 hours a day and me (laughs) 24. It's not like he's given somebody you see that's super um, intentional. It's not that that particular friend has so much more time than you do. We all have the same amount of time. We're called to steward what he's given and we have different circumstances, but we all have a certain amount of time. So that's my area that I'm always kind of going, Lord, I need to be a better steward of the time you've given me. Yeah. And what about you? 
Yeah, I would agree. I'll start with what I am bad at. I, I think it's time as well in mm. the sense that, and I think we are similar in the sense that we're both pretty high capacity. Like, Yeah, get you get a lot done. done. Right. Like take the time we've got and use it. I, I think I admitted last season, like I often idolize efficiency. So I yes. think that there's a piece of that where my idolizing efficiency means that I'm not actually stewarding my time well. Um, mm. I like to try and cram as much as I can into a thing, but I might not be super present for mm. the people in my life during that mm. time frame. Mm-hmm. Or it looks like, yeah, time that I waste scrolling or watching a show or whatever, that none of those things are bad. So I don't want to set it up as like we have to I don't think that stewarding our time means that every single second of the day that we're awake, we're like on mission for Jesus, like hardcore, never taking a break, never resting. I think it's that heart posture that we've talked about so often before, right? Like how am I approaching my time? And Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of time I waste or there's a lot of things that I wish I was doing better or even when it comes to like my health or... I don't know, increasing knowledge on something, like learning how to do something. And I don't use the time that I've been given to invest in where it should be. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. And it made me think of this and we didn't talk about this ahead of time. So I hope, like, tell me if I'm processing this wrong and hopefully I'm not because this is in real time here. But what made me, what I thought of when you're saying that is I think sometimes we can, because heart posture is hard to understand, right? Because somebody could be like, well, Eve, Ruth, what are you saying? Like, is, am I a good steward if I like have, you know, my, my time scheduled out perfectly or, you know, but I, I was thinking, okay, I can tell when I've not been a good steward of my time. Let's say like, this is actually going to apply, I think to time resources and giftings, but I can tell when I'm not a good steward of any of those things, when I'm complaining about what I don't have rather than, um, asking the Lord for what to do with what I do have. So for example, it's not the scrolling on social media that is such a poor use of time because that can be entertainment. That can be restful. You can say, I choose to scroll right now. There's nothing. It's not like social media is inherently such a waste of time. Well, I mean, some of might argue that, but we're not saying that we work on social media. I, I think what I'm saying is the heart posture is when I'm complaining and saying, Oh, I could do more if I only had these resources. I could um, make I could make more of a um, impact in the kingdom of God if I was gifted in these ways. I could um, go further if I just had a bigger investor or I had more revenue or more cash flow. Whatever area it is, it's when my heart posture is that I'm complaining about something I don't have and simultaneously feeding on how I'm affirmed that I don't have those things. So if I'm scrolling and I'm affirming my sense of, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this, and I keep scrolling to keep affirming that feeling, and then I'm complaining to the Lord rather than looking at what I do have and actually putting away my phone and doing something about it. So that's the heart posture that I feel like we have to distinguish and say, I can test out whether or not I am being a bad steward of something when I look at whether I'm spending my time complaining or actually utilizing what I've been giving, what I've been right. giving. Well, and it, it goes back to that idea of what a steward is, right? Like mm-hmm. if you have been 
if you take it out of the spiritual realm and you put it into like a banking mentality just for for the moment, like if someone says, hey, here's $10,000 that I want you to steward, like here's the things I would like to accomplish with it. You decide how it gets done. You manage it for me and make it happen. Then if that steward goes away and just complains like, well, couldn't do it, couldn't accomplish what you asked. If I had $20,000 maybe, like then that's a bad steward, right? Like that's somebody who is not doing the job they've been given using the resources they already have. And so I think you're totally right. Like we can test how our heart is approaching the stewardship of anything with how we're responding to it. Are we complaining about it? Are we wishing for more? Or are we really, really focused on how we use what we have? Well, and we were both talking about how time is one of those things, but this applies to money and resources and then giftings like talents, right? Like we are, we're in a world and in a time where all you have to do is turn on your phone and you get to see how 7 billion people in the world <laughs> are, are using their giftings, right? How, right. how, how natural they are on social media Mm -hmm. doing reels, how funny, how great, how dynamic, (laughs) how good at strategy, how organized they are. I mean, these days you can even find people organizing their pantries and their refrigerators. Do you remember that one? Um, Yeah. Pioneer woman. Or yeah. I mean, there was that moment where pioneer woman was sharing somebody else's and she was literally cleaning out her fridge and guess what? It was mesmerizing. It was a little bit like, (laughs) wow, that's so interesting. But guess what I did? I was like, Oh, I, I, my fridge is just not clean enough or whatever. <laughs> so my point is just that we can easily get so sidetracked and not, and feel like if I only had, or as a mama to six, I can easily complain and say, if only these seven people I live with, my husband and my six kids would do, would do things more. my way yeah. or, would, or, or would strategize my way or pick up their stuff, then I could run on mission or I could mm-hmm. do better. And um, you can't imagine how many conversations at our home <laughs> sounds something like me um, not owning my need to steward something, but rather complaining about how other people aren't making it easy for me to steward it. So yeah. there's a balance there, right? Okay. So how do we actually steward things then? So if we talk um, about time. Uh, Let's start there. Let's talk about all three just real quick. Uh So time, what does it look like for you to steward time? Well, we've probably already touched on it a little bit, but I think the most important principle I've learned over the years is that I have to plan for how I'm going to use my time. I'm not going to naturally have an internal clock that says you're wasting your time. I mean, my conscience, my conscience might say so, but I don't know about you, Eve, but I do what comes naturally. I like my body wants to do, my body wants to naturally say, don't work out. My body wants to eat whatever it wants to eat. And my body wants to sleep in and not read my Bible and just kind of go with the flow and waste an hour of my morning scrolling the internet if I don't choose to use my time differently. So I think, I think stewardship is always going to be, if we go back to the definition of being a manager of a master's goods, if this is not yours, but you are stewarding somebody else's um, treasure, then you say, okay, God, you have to first assess what's been given to me. 
You can't be a good steward if you don't assess. So with time, it would be, let's just be honest. We, we're not just assessing 24 hours. We all have 24 hours. But in every season, the way you, Eve, assess your day as a mama to three under four, three kids under four years old and a husband who works full-time away from home is going to look different than how I assess my time with six kids who do their own laundry, do cooking, they do the dishes, and a husband who now is on mission with me together who where we both work from home. That looks really different, right? And yeah. so my my obedience and stewarding my time is actually going to look a little bit more like partnering with my family because we're all working together in the same space too. So, so it's, it's choosing and communicating when I need time for this and how I'm going to use time with them, you know, that kind of thing to like actually make it intentional. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good point. Stewardship of the very same things isn't going to look the same for every person. Right. Like you just said, your stewardship of time and my stewardship of time are different. And that's why we really do have to think about that heart attitude and posture as we approach it. When I think about um, resources, Mm -hmm. so either the money we have or the stuff we've got (laughs) and how to use that and leverage it well. I I feel like that's a tricky one for me in some sense. And then in other ways, it's really easy. I feel like my my parents were really amazing at modeling giving. Mm -hmm. Like it was always kind of an automatic when it came to like tithing and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing, which I know everybody has different ideas about, but that always feels like an automatic to me. Like it's kind of ingrained and that's easy. When it comes to maybe like lending out (laughs) things Mm -hmm. that I have to other people or Mm -hmm. saying like, yeah, like you can have this space or you can use my um, kitchen or, you know, things like that are a little bit trickier for me. Mm. But, but if I go back to that idea of managing the master's goods, mm-hmm. it, I don't own them, right? Like I yeah. possess them right now, but right. I don't own them. So my house mm. and my stuff and the income that God provides for our family isn't really mine. I can't like just hold on to it, but it, it takes intentionality to like unconscious or to consciously yeah, like unclasp my hands and say like, okay, yeah, I don't own this. I possess it. I don't own it. Yeah. And even though we're not really zoning, we're not honing in on the the topic of generosity, but I think generosity is a heart posture that showcases ultimately, biblically speaking, not how generous you are, but how generous God is. It's it's a heart posture that says um, everything that's mine is ultimately undeserved. And so I'm not going around looking at who deserves what, but that as there is need, I realize that God supplied all of my needs. God has given everything I need, supplied the very need at the core of what I have always needed, which is peace with him. He supplies that and everything else is his gift for our life and godliness, right? And so there's really almost no way to not be generous or open-handed about things, either physical things or emotional things or spiritual things. When you realize every every single thing is supplied by a good father who um, gave when we were undeserving ourselves. And so I think then it causes that stewardship of resources to be something where we don't wait and say, 
when I'm at this income level, oh, yeah. then I'll start giving. Or right. when I'm at this income level, that's when I'll start having people over for dinner. Mm-hmm. I don't think what I'm saying is not like, oh, we should be giving outside of our means necessarily, like as in like going to debt, giving. Like that's a that's not that's silly, yeah. right? But yeah. generous giving means we're never going to be at the place where everything feels so enough that we like sacrificial <laughs> giving is giving. Like yes. the goal is to give out of what doesn't feel like um abundance. Like endless abundance. It's like we are sharing what we have been given. Yeah. So I think about how like early on um in our ministry days locally with Troy was um a pastor and all our children were little and nobody could make dinner and I was running ragged breastfeeding or pregnant all the time. And we, for ministry sake, like honestly just had people over for dinner and caught up with people and fellowshiped over meals. And I remember a season where we hardly could afford feeding ourselves, let alone a whole entire other family. But it was amazing how much like just incorporating that as a discipline into our everyday lives, it made us realize how much we could trim in other areas and how we always had enough. We always had enough. And we're not trying to be all like loaves and fishes about it, but <laughs> it was always enough. And then, so as things grew and things changed and later on when we went into business for ourselves, life and our circumstances might have looked a little differently, but that heart posture that kind of says it's about stewardship of what we've been given right now in this season makes it so that it doesn't matter if business is good or business is bad. It doesn't matter if we are in a startup or we're in a business that's doing really, really well in its umpteenth year. We get to say what we've been given right now. So how do I um, bless others and, um, and give and share and have people over if we're talking about hospitality? So yes, those are some things I've been trying to work on and implement. Yeah. So why do you think as we like think about this whole conversation, kind of know, yep, here's what a steward is. Here's how stewardship works. Why are we talking about this as an important habit for spiritual growth? Like Mm -hmm. what does stewarding well do for our souls as it relates to how we walk with the Lord? Mm -hmm. Because really that is the whole goal, right? We're not just talking about things to busy ourselves doing. We've been using this word through the season, and I think it's a good word that it's formational, like what we prioritize and what we are intentional about incorporating into the rhythm of our walk with the Lord. Um, We're not making this stuff up, right? This is from God's word, right? It's not like, wow, spiritual disciplines. We think, even Ruth (laughs) think that we should listen to 20 minutes of praise music every day. We're, We're not, we're not making up spiritual disciplines. These are these are things modeled for us, spoken of in scripture. I'm thinking about um, the the parable of the talents, even in Matthew 25, that the master was not pleased with the, the servant who took his talents and buried them in the ground and basically offered it back to him and said, look, I just, I was a little nervous. So I sat on him. Like I just hit him. Um, he was like, really, he was pleased with the servants that said, I will do what I know to do. It's not like they could ensure that they were going to increase, but they went and did something with what they were given. And so there's a reason why that's included in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, there's a reason why it's recorded for us in the Gospels, because ultimately it's a reminder that God is the master 
and he, and we are the servant and that he supplies and gives. And it's not about our own kingdom and it's not about our own time, resources and giftings. It's about whether we take this one life and offer everything back to him. And so when we incorporate it, I think the discipline of thinking about how we're going to do these things and how we're going to be intentional, intentional with time, money, and giftings and talents. When we think through those things and we intend, we are intentional about what we're going to do. It's actually saying it's an invitation to say, God, you're the master. I'm the manager of these things. It's passing through my hands. My life is but a breath. It's, it's all yours. So you're choosing to let it pass through my hands in this short life that I have. How can I serve you well with these things so that you can form my life to be the conduit that I'm supposed to be? So in some, and I'm not trying to use fancy words for it. I'm just simply saying, I think we need a re a realignment and we need a shift in our mindset to remember that every single thing we've been given is not for our own kingdom, but for his. And so stewardship teaches us and reminds us to realign every day with what is true. And what is true is we're placed on this earth and we're given everything we've been given to ultimately reflect and be the image bearers that God wants us to be with our hands, with our hearts, with our faces, with all that we have to offer him. Um, time, money, resources, all can be offered back as image bearers to reflect the, the glory of God. Yeah. Well, you kind of already jumped into our last section. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go ahead and ask the question. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll take a stab at it too. Like, yeah, you do it. How is this conversation, what's the gospel truth in it and why does it matter? And so, like you said, it rem- when we steward well, we, we take on that role it reminds us of our position before the Lord, right? Like God is already taking care of our greatest need when he sent Jesus to cover our sin. Like, and anything that he entrusts to us on top of that is to be used for kingdom purposes and not our own gain. Like the gospel truth matters because we don't have to get ahead with our gifts. We don't have to use them to build our own stuff. We get to rest in grace and use them for God's purposes. So good. So good. That is a reminder, Eve, that I think we go through this section. Um, this is, if, you, if you've been joining us on this podcast, you know that we always end every episode talking about what's the gospel truth in this conversation and why does it matter? And then what's one small thing we can do in response to this conversation? Because at the end of the day, it's called the Grace Lace Podcast and all of Grace Lace seeks to find God's grace laced in intersecting our daily lives and why the gospel the grace of God, why does it matter? And how do we respond to it? And so, man, I would take that very thing you just said and replay it every day to remind me of my position before God. And that would change so much. It would change the trajectory of my day. And um, and so that leads me to thinking about what's the one small thing we're going to do in response. Okay. I'll go first because I was already thinking about this. Um, (laughs) It's interesting because even before I realized this was the topic that we were going to record on today, this morning I had just had a, just a tender conversation with Troy at the breakfast table where I was like, oh my goodness, an hour went by this morning where I was troubleshooting this one thing. I had my Bible ready to go. I was going to read my mm-hmm. Bible. And then I started troubleshooting something. And then I ended up just being completely derailed, waylaid. And here's my Bible not open. 
And I just feel like, and I, I said, I said to him, I was like, it's so easy to spiral into this condemnation and feel like I'm a bad user, bad mm. steward of time. And then it goes around and around when really, guess what I can do, Eve? I don't know. If, <laughs> you could just start. No, you're going to laugh. I'm like, I can just not check email until <laughs> 10 in the morning. Is yeah. that just a goofy one small thing? No, like, that's I a just, very practical one small oh thing. Oh my goodness. I feel so silly that I haven't really implemented that. And for all of you who are listening, who are like, yeah, Ruth, I've already been doing that for the last five years. How, you know, I'll just say a little grace here, friends, but I'll just say because we're a remote team, we have yeah, uh, our time zones have, are all we have over. team members. We have one that's on the other side of the globe. And so it's afternoon for her when I'm waking up in the morning. We have somebody on, we have several somebodies on East Coast time. And so yep. it's really easy for me to feel like I need to answer a question or get started with all the things first thing in the morning. And truth be told, most times I can just check in on something real quick and then get back to my rhythm and my routine. But there yeah. are lots of times when I invite the email <laughs> thing into my life before I reset my day and suddenly I don't have time for everything else. So my one small thing, and I'm not going to be, listen, now everybody who's <laughs> listening is my accountability partner, right? right. I'm not saying I'm You're going to get leaving. messages at like 11 being like, I did don't. you check email yet? Oh, please don't email me. Oh my God. Um, this is not legalistic. I'm not going to be weird about this team. I'm not saying I'm never going to check email, but I'm going to, my one small thing is I'm going to choose to make it kind of a regular pattern to make my email um, process start at like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. I'm going to, I don't know which one it'll be, probably nine because I get up so early, but don't check email until yeah, the work day actually starts. And so that's my one small thing. What about you? I fully support your one small thing. I think that's a good call. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think that my one small thing is going to be to find a new family at church that we have not mm. like spent time with and invite them over for dinner. Like just it. as a way to share our resources, to steward what God has given us well, the space we have, the stuff we've got, the groceries in our fridge. Let's share it. That's good. I love that. I hope, friends, that these have been some practical suggestions just to get started. We know that in a short podcast episode, there's no way for us to tackle the depth and the breadth of how important this topic is or how important all of the spiritual discipline conversation really is right, and right. so we always include some sh um, some resources in the show notes. And you know, I think Eve, I, I'm speaking for both of us, but I think it's our greatest desire that this podcast would be a um, conversation starter for yes. you and your family, you and your people, you and your roommate, you and your small group. Share this episode with your community group. Share it with your Bible study. Talk about this, you know, have this conversation about stewardship or any of the other topics we've talked about in the series and invite somebody into your life to be accountability because you and I are having this conversation even, honestly, you're my accountability in some of the very things that I'm saying out loud. Like we've talked about yep. our one small things. And now that we've said it in front of everybody else, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's that too. But the truth is, that one small thing needs encouragement. When we yes. choose that one small thing, you need your spouse to encourage you. You need your friend to encourage you. Totally. You might need a text thread in which four or five of you say, 
Hey, did you do your one small thing this week? How can I encourage you in it? And so we want to remind you that we're meant to live in community with the local church, bringing in people in our everyday lives so that we can see grace laced in our everyday. And that's not for you to do by yourself. And we are um, your friends through this podcast, but we can't be in your life in this everyday way. So this whole season, as we talk about um, everyday habits for spiritual growth and this idea of spiritual disciplines, we want to encourage you to bring others in. Yeah, that is our heart. And we're so grateful when we get to hear that you are having conversations. If you are sharing any of your thoughts on social media, we would love for you to tag us because we want to see and we want to join in with you um, to hear what you're talking about and hear how you're processing God's word and applying it to your life. If you are enjoying these topics from this season, we'd love for you to like it in your podcast, wherever you're listening, to leave a review, to help invite other people into what we're talking about, into the conversation. We're so grateful for every single time that you take a minute to share a few thoughts for somebody else. And we'll see you next time.